Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. So the thing that I'm interested in for all three of you here uh, is what's the biggest, most over-the-top Christmas thing you've ever seen? Like the biggest, like this is the most Christmassy thing that ever Christmased. In a, in a good way or? Either. Good or bad. I just had a vision of something, but I don't think I can say it because I would probably get in trouble for Wasn't saying it. Was it a vision of sugar plums dancing no. in your head? No. No. For I'll me, I else. think it was um, several years ago when we lived in Coleman, they always had the um, Christmas tour of homes where they the people opened up their homes and you got to walk through them and they had them all decorated up for Christmas. and <clears throat> Most of them were beautiful. You know, just very elegant, very nice. And they don't, it didn't always have to always be just, you know, big, huge castle houses. But this one little house we went in, it's super cute on the outside. You walk in, it's kind of a little cottagey. But the second you stepped in, you felt like you were going to be sucked in by all the Christmas decorations. Because every single room was completely and fully emerged in nothing but Christmas-themed stuff. And some of it was like old, scary... I mean, none of it, every room was different themed, and one had, like, a bunch of dolls, and they were dressed in these old clothes. It was weird, but I, when you said that, it immediately gave me, like, bad, yeah, like a little PTSD well, well, panic attack. I hadn't got into, as you're describing that, and one of the churches uh, I was at, I visited a, a member's house, <clears throat> and there's a whole like were you visiting the church or visiting a member Sorry, no, or visiting I was a, a house. church <laughs> visiting a church member's so home you weren't visiting the church no you I were was in the church as, you were on staff yes. i want to establish the parameters here because yes, you were cl- less than clear um that's <laughs> did normal. they make you a pie that is normal no but they did show me their collection of and i don't know what it's called it's it it was it was this village city where you can buy all these little small yes. houses stuff and yes. you can build a train yeah. track and you have the train going and it was like this whole room was dedicated to christmas mm-hmm. village basically. could you not breathe could, i mean could, did it like give you anxiety like <laughs> no i actually breathe? thought it was kind of cool but then i was like man you spent a lot of time on this <laughs> and not to mention this the room that's like a whole what else yeah, could it was you part do of the house yes. yep nothing yeah. is it 24 7 that tour, way tour people all I think it was year, year long. round i think because Maybe they changed the theme. Like they had trains, like for Easter. It's or something. possible. Like Easter trains. Easter it's trains. trains. Jesus is risen. I, and uh-huh. I'm all about the East, the little Christmas villages and setting stuff up like that. But you know, I well, wish nowadays with Christmas lights and the LED stuff, you've got these external things that yeah. are just shows of coordinated with the yeah. sound and the songs. That's, and that's neat. That's probably the most over-the-top thing I've seen. We went to um, this little neighborhood. It's a little cul-de-sac in um, North Austin. And so, like, all of the houses, like, you could tell it started with one house, and then the next house was like, well, I'm not going to let them show me up. And so (laughs) the entire neighborhood was decorated, and it was very cool. um, But you could tell it had become a competition. One of my favorite memes is of a house like that that's just Clark Griswolded Mm -hmm. to the T's. And then the neighbor took enough lights just to write ditto and point an arrow <laughs> next door. Same. I want to know that. That's neighbor. awesome. My, my, the thing that goes to my mind is the 
the phenomena. I think it was. I think it hit its high point like around ninety-five of the singing Christmas tree. Okay, that's what I was gonna say, and right? I thought I don't want to step on any toes. So here. tell me about your experiences, Fishbeck, of the singing Christmas I've tree. I've never done. Did one? you do one? No, I've never a, done one. The Daryl Fishbeck production. <laughs> Have I? No, I've I've never been a part of one, but I've seen them, and um, they can be pretty elaborate. And you've got all your. So are people. the people decorated? Tell us about that. Like, it's just like, it like a. a um, they build the. It's a structure it? that, that instead of standing on risers, you're standing in risers that go up, and that's decorated like a Christmas tree. Now I. You have to have a tall building to do it because it goes up. The big sanctuary, mm-hmm. usually the big typical. And, and, and you say sanctuary because I never saw a singing Christmas tree not at church. Yep. It was a uniquely church thing. I was thinking like literally like a singing Christmas tree. No, I'm just dancing. <laughs> like, have I seen a Christmas tree? No, you could buy those thing? at the Walmart, yeah. right? It dances Big in the lots, aisle. Dollar store. <laughs> yeah. I do have a Facebook friend right now that's recruiting people for their singing Christmas tree. They're still doing them? They still do them. I thought Ooh. those had been euthanized long ago. It's like in Alabama. Well, oh, there you go. There you go. That um Although some parts of Alabama are really good. Good barbecue in Alabama. Mm. In fact, some of the best pork barbecue I've ever eaten in my life was in Birmingham. Just mm. good to know. amazing. Youth trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to take youth to where I was eating barbecue. <laughs> the, so the singing Christmas tree has the, the uh, you've never, Misty, you've never actually seen one? I'm sure I have. It's quite awful. It's hard for I me to like imagine. Hollywood Squares. It's, it's exactly. Thinking, is that what Very it is? Much. It's okay. built in the same way. So you have tiers of people on, like I said, on risers, platform risers. And uh, each, it's basically a choir. Yeah. And they like light up in different. But there's also like um, uh, theatrics. Mm. There'll be verbal stuff. There's usually a plot. Someone gets saved. Oh. So every time. Okay. It, the, the the quintessential church production, someone's lost, yeah. and they get saved because of the singing Christmas tree. Okay, okay. And the, the thing that always, uh, I can remember being overwhelmed by sound and light and uh, barbarianism. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> I would rather Such see that, though, than the, the scary theatric thing they do at... at um What's it called? The Halloween, the Hell's uh-huh. oh, Hell the House. Heaven's mm-hmm. Gates, Hell's mm-hmm. Flames, or something. That's mm. terrifying. Well, this is terrifying in the same kind of way, though. It's it's the if you'll imagine instead of the terror of the Heaven's Flames, Hell's Gates, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I think I turned <laughs> the, I the other down. way around. <laughs> Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. So the terror and horror, uh, uh, you know, turned up to number ten. You take everything about Christmas and you turn it up to number 10. And it, it, you leave smelling like peppermint, although you have no peppermint anywhere. I uh, think I would have remembered that experience. <laughs> the, the, the thing that struck me was I can't get out of my mind the logical disconnect that we are a church. We proclaim the gospel. We love Jesus. Let's sing a Christmas tree. <laughs> How you get to that place? Yeah, from here to there, yeah. Uh, and if we have to, uh, you do have to remember that in the 80s, it started, I think, really big. And by the time it the 90s, it was a phenomenon uh, of churches. Basically, the music department was an art department. Mm-hmm. But th- that's basically what they did. They were there not to lead people in worship, but to produce and huge productions. And churches had mm-hmm. sp- 
spotlights, not like we have here on the platform for every Sunday, but like a spotlight and a fog machine and a build team and it was quite the thing. Yeah. And auditions. Well, as who someone yes, all top of the and tree? who gets to be the, the lead? It was a big deal. Yeah. As someone who has some church music experience here, <laughs> back in the nineties when I started out, there were big church music conferences that I would go to. And I remember the biggest one was in Houston and there was a thousand music ministers, which they were that was their title, music minister, in a room in their little sweater vests. Um, and the <laughs> I think I had one too. Um, Find a and picture of Daryl and it his was, sweater It was a notes. music company put this on. Anyone in Daryl's family has been given the challenge. We want a photograph of Daryl in a sw- music ministry sweater vest. We'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah let's go and dinner in a show. You have to pay. You have to do the Patreon membership to get that one. Um, but then the p- whole point was to take um, musicals. They always had Christmas ones and Easter ones. A whole book of a musical, and they would promote it, and we would all sing it together. And you'd have a thousand guys. It was a pretty cool experience singing. But the whole point was to sell these. Well, a thousand people these, who can sing these musicals. Then you go back to your church where I, you don't have a thousand. I know, people but then sing. you take this music back to your church and you figure out, okay, in what format can I present it? And then the bigger the church, the bigger the production, or what? And so, I mean, early on, I remember part of my job was weeding through which Christmas musical are we going to do this year and which Christmas Easter are we going to do this year? And um, they, they were good. I mean, it was it was cool, but there w- there was a whole market for that thing and then churches you could just take it and run with it and i believe as a as a student of worship ministry you can draw a line from that phenomena of a show to what we have now in church which is the worship service is basically the music part of it is basically a performance A a concert by the worship team that nobody really can sing with uh, it, it really is a, an interesting. Di- you can draw a straight line because these are the children and grandchildren of the same people who said, "Let us build a platform and sing a Christmas tree," yeah. mm. and someone's going to get saved. There's always that aspect of it. Uh, so that over the top. So what's our theme today? Over how the top? over right. the top should Christian? Hang on, I can't read it. How over the top should? You make Christmas. How over the top Christian, Christian. should you make Christmas? So, all right, so small print. The, the singing Christmas tree was an attempt to redeem the Christmas tree motif because mm-hmm. there's nothing inherently Christian about a singing Christmas tree yeah. or a Christmas tree in general. Right. Didn't Martin Luther finally do, like, isn't that what, wasn't it Martin Luther with the Christmas tree and brought it and put the lights on there? That, that I'm not going to say it didn't happen. But my understanding is is that our fascination with Christmas trees actually comes more from Victorian England. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm often wrong. I've never heard of Martin Luther and the Christmas tree story. That, that could be real. Well, I totally misled kids in Christmas around the world. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to search that. I don't know. Not now, though. Uh, we'll look at it. We'll It'll be in your show notes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, so we're trying to redeem it. Mm-hmm. To redeem the Christmas tree mm-hmm. motif by bringing it into the church, literally, and making it sing Christmas songs. How how far should we go? This is an open-ended question. In making everything about Christian Christ, Christmas be Christian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, as long as the elf doesn't get to live, I'm okay with it. <laughs> we're going like, to sacrifice the so elf? I'm, I like, yeah, we're going to sacrifice the elf for sure. Not so elf the movie, but elf on the shelf. Elf th- on the shelf. Elf the movie is sacred. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> like, maybe replacing the elf on the shelf with the, like, the wise men that are trying to find the nativity? I don't know, except for they're not really trying to do that in real life, so I don't even know. Hmm. Have you seen that motif? The, the, you... Don't do Elf on the Shelf, but you do, like, wise men, and, like, every day they get closer and closer to... See, that seems like you're taking something that is just ridiculous, the Elf on the Shelf, which I'm not against that. That's, I mean, that's that's fun, but... Um, just wait <laughs> you're, until you're, you come back to your office next week. You're over the... T- <laughs> We're have Elf change, on the Shelf. Changing locks. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I, I don't know that I would take that same motif, though, and then... Put wise men. Well, see, mm-hmm. you're making it Christian, something that's right. not mm-hmm. really Christian, and you feel bad about it. So I'm mm-hmm. going to baptize it with wise men. Mm-hmm. Right. That. So you've hit the key thing here: is you take things and you blow them up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we live in a culture that thrives on um, um, what's the word? Uh, marketing. Well, marketing. But the the, the best way to violence to get people to watch it is pornography. More is, is better. Um, chaos and fighting and and give them an enemy and so we use fear to to get people all riled up about something and and maybe correct me if i'm wrong maybe you see this differently but the whole people are trying to take christ out of christmas so we're going to make sure christ stays in christmas it creates this group of people somewhere out there that are actually actively trying to make christmas not christmas Christmas, I guess, and I'm like, where are these people? Who are these? But the reaction is, you got people that think there's this enemy out there of of this group of people, and so the reaction is to be overtly, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the wise men right. the wise men on a shelf, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to be in your merry Christmas. Do. I'm going to yeah. make right. you Someone hear me tells say me merry Christmas. Happy holidays. That's right. I'm, I'm going to give Christ- them a merry Christmas right back. Mm-hmm. And Which should you? That'll I, teach them. I, I have this on my. Prep, show prep, the slogan "Keep Christ in Christmas." I think that drives a lot of the over-the-top Christian mm-hmm. Christianizing of things. Um, you say, "Who's trying to take Christ out of Christmas?" Um, I think that there is a a push to de-religion Christmas. So I, I can see where someone would right. say. Uh, we want to make sure this stays about Jesus. However, I'm not certain that that's worth the fight. And well, that's what we talked about last week. How yeah. about we just give it to them? Yeah. Because Jesus has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the trappings of Christmas already. It's the um, the the little, you know, c- can you have a manger at the courthouse? Yeah. Okay, fine. I love that. But that th- I don't know that that really is going to glorify oh, God. Yeah. That's more... Right stroking some sense of culturalism about you, which actually has the opposite effect of watering mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, but now you have to have, so you have the, you have the, the creche there, but then you also have, oh, look, the menorah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have your um, Kwanzaa, whatever mm-hmm. they do. I'm, I'm not an expert on Kwanzaa. Uh, I'm not trying to bash them, but you have all yeah. your, all your world things going on there. Now it's just one more thing among many. Right. Yeah. And so I. And what I, qualifies you to celebrate? I mean, really, in the whole scheme of things, when we're inviting somebody to church, 
Are you going to specifically search out people that are Christ followers before you invite them to church? No. You're going to say, hey, do you go to church, visit ours? You know, and for me, I feel like it's kind of the same way with Christmas. We celebrate Christmas. They don't necessarily have to be Christ followers, but yet that's an open door that they may learn something. They may come to knowing through us just being decent people, you know, and not laying down these rules and these boundaries. Like, if you're not going to celebrate Jesus this holiday, then you have no right to celebrate, you know, then you can't give gifts. Right. You can't do this and that. It's very rare. Then what does that make us, you know? So Merry I'm, Christmas. Yeah. Hey, when you use Merry Christmas as an invective, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. No, Merry Christmas to you. you. For the record, Happy Holidays is a wonderful slogan. Exactly. <laughs> uh, holiday means holy days. <laughs> you were telling someone, may your holy <laughs> days be filled with joy <laughs> and festivity. Yeah. And th- There's nothing wrong <laughs> with saying happy holidays. I think that's my ultimate gripe and point is... No, no, no. I've been listening to you gripe for years now. <laughs> this is not the ultimate one. One of my gripes about this topic <laughs> is when people... T- take something that really is neutral or that isn't bad Mm -hmm. but convince you that no this word now means something bad and then they get a bunch of people riled up about it and they don't even think through why they're riled up about it and then they go out and they do a bunch of stuff that actually turns people off to the to the reality of christmas Mm -hmm. and sometimes those same people are the ones that have like pictures with santa at the church and so it's like, how many mixed messages? But see, for me, that is a hill I would die on. We're I not going to have pictures yeah. you have to choose. at the church with Santa. Right. That guy ain't sharing with Jesus. Right. It, that's just not going to happen at all. N- not, not on my watch, you know. Uh, however, having said that, I feel awful about Easter egg hunts. Mm-hmm. We have them here. I, I, but I, we announce I haven't, I the haven't. Easter Bunny does not bring these. We do. The kids know. So it, we're not trying to throw out yeah, any false. Yeah, but I, you I know. still want to slit that rabbit's throat and fry him on an altar. Well, when you find him, you can do that. But you're not going to find him here because he doesn't hide eggs here. We do. So I understand. We there's a distinction. There's a fine <laughs> distinction. But that Santa guy, yeah, there ain't no, no way he's getting no. in. We ain't doing that. So we take efforts. Are any of them valid? Like for example. Uh, Fishbeck was sharing with us earlier this morning that uh, in one of our uh, powerhouse staff meetings that uh, Happy Birthday Jesus song. Oh, <laughs> Now, I'm not thinking about that song because that's different, but I'm thinking about the tradition some folks have of taking yeah. a birthday cake on Christmas and singing Happy Birthday to Jesus. Yeah. And it's a Jesus birthday cake. So tell me, how, tell me all your thoughts on that. I don't like it. I think just traditions. I think people get so wrapped up in their traditions and the things that we have to do because this is what we do every year, you know, and what are the Christian traditions as opposed to what are just, um, you know, your family traditions. And I think that a lot of times falls into those those. So are you for it or against it? I've never done it with my children. You've so. never done it with your children. I've, I've never done it, but I wouldn't be, I, I'm not going to judge you if you yeah. do it because it comes down know, to your motives. I know a lot of people to that To me, do, I know my opinion of, right. of it. I also think birthday is something that's very relatable to kids. And so if you want to make Jesus relatable, then you can talk about he was actually born and it makes it a little more relatable. And I like, I like that idea. What is happening with your microphone over there, Jamie? Nothing. <laughs> it's all good. So I'm about to mute you. So I, I like. <laughs> would be the first. I like the idea that it makes it. It brings 
the story of Christmas into something that the kids already understand, but um, we didn't do it at our house. But what about you? He's against I've it. Never really face. done that. I, I, I'm not against it. I think it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the concept. We are going to take and celebrate Jesus's birthday in the exact same way we celebrate, celebrate. everybody else's yep. birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, mm, I, mm-hmm. I think you're missing the whole concept of Christmas. If mm-hmm. you're going to take the moment to celebrate Jesus's birthday, it should be done a lot mm-hmm. differently than, than you do yeah. yours, not with, you know, right. vanilla cake and some ice cream. Well, we're good at comparing ourselves to, you know, to who God is. But, but to understand his humanity, I think it's an okay. But you have to also, I have some gestalt <laughs> with this because my birthday is four days after <laughs> Christmas. And I never got a birthday cake yeah. growing up because it was just Christmas break. No one's around. Greg's is two days before Christmas. So he's got the same thing because yeah. you, you, we never got the chance to have like a, a Christmas, a birthday party because it was always during mm-hmm. Christmas break. My grandbaby. You're about to get Christmas. You don't need a birthday party too. Christmas Eve. Well, they're, they're gone. Yeah. So I've never in my whole life had the, this is why I'm against it at church to this day, had uh, <laughs> the class at school yeah. mm. sing me happy birthday. Like you did every party. other kid whose birthday, because mine was always during Christmas break. And I'm maybe, maybe I need to see somebody about this. Uh, <laughs> you need some time on the grind couch. <laughs> so I'm biased against, I am biased against birthday celebrations in any public forum aside from your immediate family. Yeah. That's not for everybody else. That really doesn't matter to anybody else. Nobody cares it's your birthday, yeah. just people who really love you. So, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, I would agree. So anyway, uh, so that's the, the the baggage I bring to the <laughs> Jesus birthday cake. What what kind of birthday cake would you make Jesus if you were going to make him a birthday cake? Chocolate, red velvet. So you're going to make Jesus the birthday cake? I can't have. <laughs> well, it's not your birthday. You don't like public <laughs> celebrations of birthdays. So. It's Jesus's birthday. <laughs> Cake's not for you. <laughs> Angel food. Oh. <laughs> That's perfect. Joni, what kind of cake would you buy for him? I was going like the foreshadowing. With did you see what velvet. I did? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cake would you bake? What would you buy? <laughs> you know, whatever. Red velvet? Red velvet. Because he's a king. Yeah. Ooh. Or foreshadowing of the cross. Cross. And blood. So, so if you really wanted to take that birthday cake for Jesus and over the top, top. Christianize it, there's like a cross <laughs> on top of it. With like blood all over this, like all, it's Jellies, like it's like a white top to it. It's shaped it. like Golgotha. Jelly. I mean, you open it up and there's like a tomb on the inside. <laughs> but oh. what's <laughs> what you know? Hap- someone's done this. You Con- know, comes out. I don't know, what's happening here is I think what happens in a lot of churches or staff meetings. It's like, great what idea. can we do Dude. for Christmas this year for God? And then they just start God. running with all of these things, and I feel like God's like. Please, please don't do that. Don't. Please, please. And then you get all these weird things that show up on the internet. That look what this church did for <laughs> Christmas. We're, we're parodying here, but yeah. I think that you're right. This is where a lot of bad ideas mm-hmm. come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you want it. The heart is good. Yeah. I think anybody yeah. who does the birthday cake for Jesus, their heart is solid. Yes. And God's not like, I'm so embarrassed of them. That's <laughs> yeah. not what's going on. I just wonder if with a little bit of thought and reflection, if we couldn't do something a little bit more meaningful that doesn't just appropriate right. a cultural trope yeah. into something well, and, spiritual. And it's 
the the I guess the stereotype would be that you've got these people going into to Walmart during December and they're going to be in your face about saying, telling you Merry Christmas. And it's not because they want you to have a Merry Christmas. They want you to know you said Merry Christmas. <laughs> and like there being this um, um, great superhero for, for God, but th- then they don't tip their waitress at the, westra- the restaurant mm-hmm. or or they, they're just not a nice person. Or It's like, I, I don't know if they think that's going to nullify or they're just oblivious to the fact of, Okay, you can say Merry Christmas, but the rest of the time you're just not a nice person. Yeah. Mm. And I know that's not everybody, but it Christmas seems time, to be the people a, that get yeah. most riled up about I'm mm-hmm. gonna make sure. It's just like okay. Yet that same person perhaps is the kindest, sweetest person in the world who is a good grandma or a good grandpa, uh, and you know, bakes cakes for their neighbors. It's just f- so for some reason this has been instilled within them mm-hmm. that to be a good Christian is to be a cultural warrior mm. on these issues mm-hmm. to win that you're doing battle for Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we as a church have failed because it, t- whatever peace on earth, goodwill toward men means, it does not mean picking a fight with someone mm-hmm. over the vocabulary they choose to use. And then when you're rude to them and they respond appropriately back, you declare I'm being, you know, victimized. <laughs> I'm the martyr here. I'm like, no, you're not being a martyr for being Christian. You're being <laughs> picked on because you're being a mean person. <laughs> a mean person. Mean Christmas. Uh, what other over the top? Uh, we, we, we're approaching the break here probably soon. Where are we at on time? Uh, about 25 minutes. That's what I thought. So wh- what other over the top things? I got, I got a list. How about uh, live nativities or the, that's on my list the, too. the Bethlehem Eat. town that's set up? You is know. it near there's here? A, there's a town? <laughs> there's a town set up near here. Is it called Bethlehem? It is. Yeah. yeah. Every year. Every I've never year. been to it, but it's I've like seen it. It's like north of town. Mm-hmm. North is of our town. Up 281 a bit. About Starts 12 miles. Where things turn green. Around the courthouse. In Burnet? Wow. Are you being for real? You've never I've been never, there? I, I think I feel it. I have some vague memory of it. So we would take the kids back before it was super crowded, and we would go every year. And that was one thing that was over the top, but it also was a good over the top. So can you be over the top and be okay? Is it okay to be over the top? For them, for that, you know, it wasn't like they were selling uh, light sticks, glow sticks in the... It was for one reason. It was for one reason. Have, you were to just to get the message out, right, God to see yeah. what the, what the town would have looked like during mm-hmm. that time. Hmm. I like the. I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a drama person, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we know this. Jamie's very. I'm dramatic. not a drama queen, <laughs> but I like a good story. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the nativity story is a great story. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe it really happened. I'll be clear. I'm, during Advent, I'm preaching all this stuff. But I think what we've done is we've changed the story based upon cultural convention and some really bad history to where the actual story isn't the one being told. So I would love a living nativity that set the record straight. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, where's the one where you go through and Mary's given birth? Ah! You know, that's (laughs) that's the one. (laughs) All is calm, all is bright. It Ah! wasn't an hour ago. I don't, I don't remember how long ago it was, but in Bulverde, um, there used to be a drive-through that one where Joe, you stayed in your car, but you drove Joe, through all for the you, Bulverde's a town just yeah, outside sorry. of San Antonio. Yeah, oh. um, the church put it on, but you would just drive through, and all the scenes were set up 
like you're describing. Yeah. And I don't remember what all they were, but I'm Did sure. they have Mary giving birth? I'd like uh, to scream. Ah! Might have. That's what well, made me think about it. What's the, <laughs> the, the, the trope now? It's the... So... <laughs> it, 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 my favorite uh, Christmas song is Little Drummer Boy, uh, which is completely fantastical and made up. But the, the trope is Mary, Mary's like, I just gave birth after traveling a long distance. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what I need, a drum solo. <laughs> you know, this is perfect. My Saturday night's trying to go to sleep. A drum solo. Yeah, yeah. Party across the street. Party across mm-hmm. the street. So you get the, the flow. I'm not a, a living nativity can be a wonderful thing if it takes the chance to set the record straight. And I don't mean, I, I don't really want to see a live scene of a woman giving birth. That's terrible. But I do think that it, just having, it's not it's not a petting zoo. Right, th- right. Which is a lot yeah. of living nativities turn into yeah. petting zoos. Right. And, and, and if, if your nativity is about the animals, again, you've missed the plot. <laughs> you, in fact, you've lost the plot. Or if you're using the animals to attract the crowd because right. the kids will want it. If, yeah. if, if, if How can we take advantage of this holiday season to draw people to our thing versus how can we tell the story of Christmas? Right. Yeah. So you've Noah's Ark, Jesus's birth, mm. yes. right? Yes. Um, yeah. Which this is a side pet project of mm-hmm. mine. We need to purge all rainbows and arcs and animals from every preschool and children's ministry in the world. <laughs> this, this, this is not right. We made a rainbow fruit loop. Fruit Loop Rainbow yesterday in Children's Church. So sounds <laughs> yummy. <laughs> so it was. B- but before that, did you like yeah. then like take some little animals and just drown <laughs> them all in water? We didn't include animals. We, it wasn't a Noah's Ark lesson. Okay, it was good. God's promises. Yeah, I love the rainbow as God's promise. Yeah. I love that. We that left that's the beautiful. Out. Uh, yeah, I love that. But you can't. The, the story of Noah's Ark is not for children. Right. Yeah. It's not about the animals. That Cute was, that animals. was Haley's baby room theme. Snow's <laughs> Ark. So that explains. We're confessing things. Yeah. Here. So <laughs> we might have had that too. Uh, so <laughs> but because we're told that's you Christianize the nursery, right? right? It's the same thing with with Christmas. Mm-hmm. You're going to go over the top. Oh, it's Noah's Ark. It's animals. It's colors. It's beautiful. But in reality, at some point, all this mm-hmm. came about. Because God killed every living thing on the earth mm-hmm. except in the ark. Yeah. Now sleep tight. <laughs> I, I'm not again. I'm not against the story. It's just not a children's story. Yeah. This is a story of judgment mm-hmm. and death and and life from that. Mm-hmm. God's salvation. I mean, the early church insisted that Noah's ark yeah. was a symbol of the church. Yeah. Inside the ark, we are saved. But don't we do that to a lot of church? Thing, we water down so much of it just not to offend people, you know. And I know what you're talking about, instant, is with the children. But I feel like we do that, not we, but there are a lot of churches that do do that, water it down, just th- to keep the people. I think you're back. right. I think w- because, again, Christmas has become a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's let's take our little break here and come back on the backside and pick up on that thought. So, Kelly, take us into some break time. You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life. 
fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. And so, you know, and we know them, we all know them, the people that just come to church on Christmas, you know, they come to the Christmas Eve service. They come to the Christmas service. They come to the Easter service, you know, which I think can be a good thing, you know, for us that work at the church serve at the church it it is another opening you know they come for that one service and yet there's something there that draws them back and back and back but then you know churches can take that to the other extreme as well you know and have the santa claus and have the you know to pull the the people to pull the people in yeah the christmas carnivals and christmas whatevers and all the celebrations and things that go with that just to pull so yeah. then, so then the church in. begins to function only as the celebrators of feasts, yes. Christmas and Easter, but no one's there on other Sundays. Yeah. Do you, do you think? And I just had this thought as you were talking. Um, you've got. I wish you guys could see the agony on his <laughs> face <laughs> as he's trying to find the words up in that vacant space of my brain. <laughs> I, I was You're not cutting out. I was thinking of people <laughs> that won't go to public. Christmas events because they think it's too secular or whatever and so do you think that they feel like well I can't go to your thing because it's not godly enough so I'm going to make one for myself myself your elves <laughs> and yourselves I, I, I really don't know what you're saying can you clarify please you're saying like we only do Christmas right so I'm going to make this because this is the right way we celebrate Christmas and if I, if I celebrate it at any other thing i'm doing it wrong it's to, too yeah to a certain degree and so if like the city is having this christmas carnival um well that's not how christmas should be but i really kind of w- secretly wish i could go to a carnival so let's have a church carnival oh you mean we, like a false festival that's really a halloween party well yeah yeah <laughs> they just there re- you go rename it it's yeah. not a halloween party if you wear bible story costumes <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> only so many. There's only so many Noahs. And hand out candy wrapped in scripture. That's uh, right. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's not trick. It's trunk or treat. Trunk or treat. It's yeah. different. It's yeah. different. It's different. Uh, uh, I'm a little bit. We're we're really close to Halloween as we record this, so it's all <laughs> on our, all of our minds. I, I was thinking about the the old preacher. Old preachers were braver than new preachers are. Mm-hmm. The old preacher years ago uh, told his congregation uh, at Christmas the service was over. And they were given the benediction for the Christmas Eve service. And he said, and I just want to tell everyone here, because I care about you a lot, happy Thanksgiving, because I won't see you again until next <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about Easter. Well, that's, uh, there's another, that, yeah, another variation, yeah. but I, I think Easter has fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. I don't think Easter has the same cash that... Um, or the same spunk well, that Christmas you, does. Really there are no Easter Hallmarks movies. Yeah, if you start Yet. thinking of of um, mark from a marketing standpoint and our culture, man, once you hit fall, you've got Halloween, you've got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas. That's mm-hmm. like three months of major cash cow mm-hmm. stuff right there. And Easter maybe is still too. <laughs> it's got too much holiness in well, it for the, the you know. Um, so with 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 church life, Christmas is in the winter. And it's geared toward doing indoor things. Mm-hmm. What I have experienced in my ministry, and this has changed in the 30 years I've been doing ministry. When I began, everybody in town 
went to church on Easter Sunday. You dressed up for it. Mm-hmm. You got new clothes for it. And whether you were a church person or not, you went to It was just like Christmas. Yeah. You went to church on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the choirs would sing big songs. And everybody was there. Well, what has happened is because that's in the, f- that's in the spring, other things have begun to pull apart at that mechanism as Easter is not now no longer about the church service. So what has replaced that in the cultural phenomena is brunch, Easter brunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the big thing that people go do. Or they have family time. Mm-hmm. This is our So church is no longer in the vernacular of most non-church people's life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the bump in Easter attendance like we do at Christmas. Now, right. if you're listening to this and you come to our Christmas Eve service, I want you to come. I'm not saying I don't want you to come. I'm just saying more of you come to Christmas Eve than come to Easter as your special mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on. You used to have Makes two sense. big Sundays a year or two big events, Christmas and Easter. Well, now it's one, but the one has gotten bigger. Mm. Right, because of presents. I mean, gifts. Let's think about it. Let's talk about the things that are over-Christianized about East, about Christmas. It's the presents, you know, and it's the giving and the buying and the spending and talk about marketing you know you walk into Hobby Lobby and I'm guilty because I love I don't like wrapping gifts but I love picking out wrapping paper for Greg to wrap gifts (laughs) (laughs) so there's you know 5,000 different types of wrapping paper and you know it's just all of it all of it together just is is so over the top and what does it matter does it even matter? <laughs> Does it matter? I think it's also been so rom- romanticized. Like, this is how you have a perfect life. You do, um, you know, you have the perfect tree, and you have the perfect pictures, and you have the perfect cards, and you have the perfect social media posts, mm-hmm. and all of these things, and now you have the perfect life. And I think that, like, Christmas is the time that, that that's just way over over the top. I believe that's true, and it gets and that seeps into the church culture so think about the marketing aspect pastors are the worst and and i admit this about our our, my my tribe we're the worst so you get a big crowd it's it's christmas the the desire is to preach a gospel invitation message that somebody gets saved at christmas eve service or Christmas Day, so whenever your big service is, because that's when you have the crowd. That's what Paul would do. We justify, mm-hmm. or that's what you know, we're supposed to do, because in in the church life, it's not an exact same, but evangelism is kind of like marketing. It's mm-hmm. it, it sales in that regard. So when you begin to see this is just a marketing ploy to get people in the church, mm-hmm. now it becomes now we want to get them saved. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be clear. I am not the preacher who's against salvation, and I'm not the preacher who says you shouldn't preach the gospel. But I do not know if Christmas is the time to try and draw the mm-hmm. net. I think that's when maybe you start building a case mm-hmm. for why why we believe what we believe. I've done. I, I've actually used Christmas Eve services to do at times some complex apologetics mm-hmm. on who we believe Jesus is and what we believe He's about mm-hmm. and and how He came. But I don't know if that's when you want to draw the net, precisely because of that romantic 
mm-hmm. aspect of it. It's almost if, like a trap. If you're like wrapped you're up in the emotions, it's manipulation. Yeah. And switch. Yeah. Yes. It's a manipulation, you know, all the lights and the stuff and the feels. When you have all the feels, it, but have they actually made a decision? Did they accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or did they accept Christmas mm-hmm. as a cool thing? Yeah. And it's hard. It's, I really I have very great hesitations about that aspect of Christmas when you make it over the top. Mm-hmm. When Christmas Eve is about getting people saved, that's right. an over the top Christianizing. Mm-hmm. Of a Christmas event. Mm-hmm. Well, in the notes that I did make in preparing <laughs> for today, this one sheet. I, I, you guys shamed me last phone. week. I actually brought my Bible in here shamed this week. You <laughs> shamed me. <laughs> Although, depending on how we release these, this may not make sense. <laughs> but um, I wrote down <clears throat> just there's so many contrasting things between how I think we function as the modern day, dare I even say, American church versus, versus maybe what the Bible had intended or Jesus intended, but we make so much about it being more transactional than transformational. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying right there is how can we get a crowd? How can we draw them in? And how can we close the deal? Exactly. It's marketing. It's it's, it's no different than sales. And it's not about the people. It's about the results we're trying to get, Mm -hmm. which makes, and then, you know, for years they had said, you know, teenagers leave the church by this much when they graduate high school. How can we get them? And I started asking a question for a while. I was like, why are we continually asking, how can we get them to stay? And nobody's asking, why are they leaving? Why are they leaving? Where are they going? Maybe we're the problem. Yeah. But it was always their problem for not staying Uh in the church as opposed to maybe we're not feeding them. Maybe we're not giving Mm -hmm. them what they need. Maybe they need to step away and then come back. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it was always, here's the next technique to get them to stay. And I think Christmas, Easter, even some of these are just, it's one more, how can we draw them in? Mm -hmm. What can we do that's over the top that no one else is doing Mm -hmm. to get them And then you get them there, and you you convince them that they're saved, and you make them feel really good because they're there, and that gets all the strokes, and then they're so... They only come then. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's the biggest issue. I, I refuse to build a church experience around holidays designed for those who aren't here. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know that sounds anti-evangelistic uh, or anti-growth, but I believe in growth, but I believe it's that's a natural, organic aspect of a healthy church. Mm-hmm. So when you are building experiences for those who are here, you become healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people will say, hey, come with me to this healthy thing I'm going right. to. Yeah. As much as you can argue with Rick Warren, the one thing that he did say that really I think has resonated with me is what you're exactly saying, healthy things grow. Mm-hmm. We try to force things to grow, and the whole point is if you make things healthy, they will grow. But they grow at a natural mm-hmm. pace. They don't, uh, when something, cells that grow uh, disproportionately large too fast, that's cancer. Mm-hmm. Those are unhealthy cells. So you got to be very, very careful about the growth model. Um, a lot of churches grew really fast and unhealthily. Uh, and so now the trend is let's get a celebrity pastor. Let's get somebody who's hip and cool who That's what fellowship did. You see how that worked for them? <laughs> But let's get a person with them up there on stage. My threes are readers for my blog. (laughs) (laughs) I also think whatever you do to bring people in the door is what you have to continue doing. Oh, you're quoting Fishbeck now. That's a Fishbeckism. Get them there. You got to do to keep them there. You got to do it to keep them there. Uh, I don't know where that originally came from. I give credit to Fishbeck. All right. So we talked. We've been beating the horse here. And thank you, Kelly and Greg and Joe, for sticking with us. Uh, we about what you do and how you do it. That's uh, over the top. 
So what can you do, though, that is healthy? To, to Christianize, if, if our complaint, and it is a big complaint, that too much of Christian has, Christ, Christmas has become commercialized and has been uh, co-opted by marketing powers from, you know, from Thanksgiving on, what healthy things could we do then that aren't over the top, but they're healthy, they're good, they're strong, mm-hmm. they're focused? Mm-hmm. You guys have any list of those? I bet you're looking at me like you have some no, notes. No, I don't know that I have a list, but I have uh, an affirmation of our church and the way you've led us, and, and I think it is has to do with, with consistency and steadiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a steady rhythm that you draw in through um, the liturgy of our church and the seasons, and so cre- Christmas is big and special and we do a lot of special things but it's consistent with the rhythm that we that we have throughout the rest of the year we have communion for christmas eve service we have lots of things that that we do which is not evangelistic no if you choose to do communion you've made a liturgical choice that is not evangelistic i mean i think it it can be evangelistic in in many ways um, but i think it has to do with the overall consistency mm-hmm. of of h- how we're, we're doing things and i think that leaves room for creativity and for sure. brainstorming and for how can we include well, people and different things like that but but it's not this flash in the pan out of the normal mm-hmm. thing for for fellowship here it's a very consistent um rhythm and i think keeping our our focus on what is christmas truly about jesus right so what do you do throughout the rest of the days of the year? You know, our focus should be Jesus. And in our kids' ministry, we go, we're using the Gospel Project through Lifeway, and we kind of got off track after COVID because we had gone to where, you know, you know it all I, fell. We, we didn't lose it. We didn't get off track. We lost the <laughs> we tracks. Lost the, the tracks tra- are, We're still looking for the tracks. We haven't found <laughs> In the ditch. But we agreed to just stay where we pick up where we left off and just keep going. Well, Christmas doesn't, our Christmas lesson doesn't fall in December on Christmas. It's going to fall later on. And we discussed it amongst our our uh, children's ministry, you know, uh, team. And we decided not to, to keep it, you know, do Jesus Christmas in December because we want to be able to remember that he's with us all year. He's with us all the time. So I think for us, too, that's, that's something that we have to remember, that Jesus is here, you know, he always. It's not just a Christmas celebration, although we do celebrate it because that's when he was born, but where's our focus? Well, and, and we can't lose that. I agree. It goes back to your motivation, especially as a church, because you can see people as we're trying to build a brand and we're trying to draw people to our brand, which yep. is a very cool and hip thing to do, or we can... Um, how are we supposed to serve the people? How are we supposed to lead the people? How are we supposed to guide the people? Mm-hmm. And th- that involves um, transformation, which is, is a slow, so, you know, I, I can't help but compare it to health and fitness. And, and you know, if someone wants to lose weight, the, the first thing they want is a pill or a, a silver bullet um, to lose all this weight in 30 days, but it's not sustainable. The best way to, to get in shape and, and lose weight is small daily habits and Mm -hmm. and and you might have a a bigger thing here or there and that's what i think our job as a staff is to do and as a church is to 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 slowly move the people into creating new habits and it may feel like oh christmas is once a year but you've been here six seven years now or whatever that's six or seven christmases and when you start looking long term which i don't think many churches do everything is so they want such fast growth and stuff um it's how can we move people 
healthfully mm-hmm. towards transformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Christmas yeah. is by definition transformational. Yeah. The word yeah. became flesh. That's a trans. That's a that's a complete and total transformation, a transmutation, a morphing of what happened. So the okay. So you mentioned liturgy and seasonal. So one of my things is to focus on Advent, not Christmas, mm-hmm. because that is the time in which you prepare yourself for the Christmas. I event. had that on my list. And what? <laughs> tell me about your list. <laughs> uh, how did you list it? I just had it down in my focus and keeping our focus. That was one of my, okay. my things underneath it. And last, the last few years, we've given the families like an Advent calendar that's had scripture on it that mm-hmm. they could, you know, read every, every and, day. And, 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 and so the scriptures are key to Advent mm-hmm. because if you do the readings, especially if you follow like most of the major lectionaries, you will go through Jesus's Olivet Discourse, mm-hmm. which is the most un-Christmas thing you can read. Because mm-hmm. we always think about Advent Christmas. I mean, we, we start in our culture the day after Thanksgiving, we begin Christmas. Actually, mm-hmm. they've already started, Start, yeah. right? But officially, Christmas season begins the day after Thanksgiving. And so everyone expects every Sunday and every day, spiritually, in the month of December, to be Christmas-focused. Mm-hmm. When that's actually not what Advent is. Advent is about focusing upon the coming of the Lord and a lot of that is prophetic and terrifying. It's not mm-hmm. sweet little Jesus, <laughs> infant lowly, infant holy, <laughs> mewling and puking there, and there's not any of that. I just, I just took, I took, I took <laughs> hymns, I know what you took, and Shakespeare, and brought <laughs> it together. I, sorry about that drama. Um, so the, <laughs> I, I mixed it all together there in a bad way. I, what I'm saying is, it's not this um, copacetic moment. In fact, Advent is it should really rattle our bones because just as he came the first time into the world, he will come again. And and I will also argue he's always coming mm-hmm. for us, yeah. right? There's always a he's I will you know the 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 spirit is pursuing us, drawing us, mm-hmm. bringing us. That's a kind of Christmas in us. Mm-hmm. And so this is a judgment. Advent calls us to contemplation, and only when you've gone through that your paces in that way do you get to christmas day in which you say uh christ the newborn king is born that's when it becomes powerful and emotive and, and evocative. i had that too you know brings hope for a new year and you know it, jeremiah speaks of this a hope in a future and to me i kind of made the correlation as to the end of december and your upcoming the new year it you know helps you to kind of put things into perspective so. Well, well, that's true, and I would like to just emphasize, in the liturgical year, Advent is the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. So the first Sunday of Advent is the first day of the yeah. church Once year. In, all of this has got me thinking about something, but I'm wondering what Joni's mm-hmm. thinking. I have so many thoughts right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on the inside, and we're not letting them out, but... but I do feel like people come to church and they're like, eh, <laughs> Jamie's lost it. Oh, Jamie never had it. Um, I do feel like people, they're like, oh, I can't find Jesus. I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to see if I can find him there, which is a good place to find him. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know he was it's missing. Like, <laughs> but they're, but <laughs> <laughs> when, when Christmas becomes Where's Waldo? <laughs> Where's Waldo? But it's the, like, you don't get the feels until... 
Well, and for if a person is not a you know a a regular church attendee, I mean, they're not going to know these things about Advent, and they're not going to know. I didn't grow up with it. We didn't. It was almost considered. That's what the Catholics or the Mm -hmm. the other denominations who are doing it wrong do. And um, the thing that Advent has done for me is it it slowed it down Mm -hmm. because you hit Thanksgiving and everyone's putting up Christmas decorations, Mm -hmm. singing um, All I Want for Christmas. And it's it's about shopping and gifts and parties and stuff like that. And and you burn out by the time Christmas actually gets here. And I feel like what Advent does is like, okay, everyone take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a journey. Mm-hmm. And it's a slow burn, and it gets us there. And by the time our church gets to Christmas Eve, it feels deep mm-hmm. and um, wide yeah. at the same time, meaningful, profound, and and crescendo. Uh, it's built to this mm-hmm. this this thing that isn't that I think continues to kind of have this afterglow, if you yeah. will. It doesn't just boom right. and it's over. And so that's what Advent has done for me. Is well, it's if we if we if we get our candles all wound up together it could go boom <laughs> <laughs> these seats are flammable <laughs> we sure had we water have issues like now that. we have the other maybe we change the sparklers i don't know <laughs> we are not changing the sparklers or electric candles <laughs> the um uh I, I completely concur and i, I appreciate the affirmation mm-hmm. about advent and the way in which we do it in terms of a slow uh, slow burn mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. That's a but good. But that way does prepare you to go forward and to keep, you know, to to whatever God has for you. You know, it helps you to uh, remember and reflect and, and not for to get, forget to thank Him because I forget a lot to be thankful in a lot of things. Well, and there's an uh, old running phrase that says, it's "Not how you drive, it's how you arrive," mm-hmm. and make it the point. Especially if you ever watched a junior high track meet, a mile or a yeah. two mile run. And they shoot Forever. the gun, and those kids are sprinting. <laughs> and they get to that backside, and they're toast, and they yep. got seven more laps to go. You're there for four and, hours. And it's about learning to, to pace yourself. And then the finish and the build is, is that much more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the most rewarding part of it for you, Joni? You're about to say something first, though. What was no, I was just going to say running. Um, running things are completely I've used too me. many dieting, health, and fitness, and running <laughs> metaphors today. Sorry. Um, what was your question again? <laughs> well, just, so, um, so if Advent is key, and you talk about the, the mm-hmm. Advent readings, mm-hmm. that's a part of it. Um, don't, don't go with a diehard Advent calendar. Don't, don't use that. Right, one. right. <laughs> Which is funny, but don't, that, that's a good example of where the world's appropriating yes. one of our things in a humorous way, but I, 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 I no, this is not right. There's even Advent socks. It's, well, it's I knew we were in trouble about three years ago. I saw the Star Wars Advent calendar. I'm like, this this <laughs> ought not be. I mean, I'm not I saw against the Reese's, Star Wars. The Reese's peanut butter cup one I saw the other day mm-hmm. and I almost got it. <laughs> Maybe so, we could do like a bait and switch. You have the Reese's <laughs> one, but you put scripture in there. So you open oh. the thing. They think they're getting Reese's. Scripture. But again, right next me. to the wise men on the shelf. So what you've done, though, in these scenarios is you've turned advent into nothing more than a countdown yep. to the day in which mm-hmm. we get to open the with gifts can, and you candy. get a treat every day <laughs> which is and not the way it works <laughs> right it's not supposed to be a countdown it's supposed to be a build-up it's supposed to be preparing your heart and i think that's where i was going earlier when i was saying you know people come to church because they want that that um this is this is 
this is the big thing kind of thing. I think with social media, <coughs> social media, one of the things that's created is this this ex, ex, uh, experience expectation. Life is about these moments and these experiences. There's nothing wrong with having experiences, but the bulk of life is pretty mundane. And the thing that I've learned about Advent <coughs> is, is it kind of ties in with that idea of liminal space, that in-between time where it's, it's not necessarily high or low. It's just kind of... Uh, a pulling you're, you're being pulled towards something but it's 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 pretty I don't want to use the word mundane but it, it, it's just pretty normal I get and that's that's what a lot of life is and and I think that's where a lot of Jesus is is meeting him in the normal meeting him in the the day-to-day -day stuff and and rather than playing on this idea of expectations it's Christmas so we're a church so we need to have a big experience for people and then what's the okay after that it's Easter we need to have it oh it's summer it's, and it's all these it's just playing right into that idea of it's got to be big and bigger and over the top as opposed to you know what that's not life right life yeah. can be pretty dry sometimes and and pretty stressful and there can be a lot of unknowns yeah Jesus was prophesied but for us, it's easy to see that because he came. But what about the people that were waiting on him to come? Mm -hmm. And that 500 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, what, how do you survive those seasons? And that's kind of where Advent, I think, plays. Not plays, that's not the right word, but um, conveys yes, that, yeah. I guess. It conveys the waiting. Mm -hmm. yes. that it is a, a great waiting. Mm -hmm. And if we're honest, most of us have spent our whole lives waiting. Mm -hmm. And we will spend our whole lives waiting. We will die waiting. Mm -hmm. um, so wait for the Lord <laughs> mm -hmm. over and over again in the scriptures. Wait for the Lord. Um, so I'm still thinking about over-the-top Christmas and secularizing of it. So like you mentioned Elf earlier, not the Elf on the Shelf, but the movie. Right? Oh, yes. So yeah. we, we haven't, we're not going to do movies. Yeah, I think probably one of, one of these podcast we'll just talk about our movie mm -hmm. favorites because um, that can be fun mm -hmm. but you know the thing that's credited more than anything else with the secular christmas and i know the right answer mm -hmm. take a shot a movie or a or i'm not i'm not going to give you any clues so something that happened in our society something that made christmas become very popular that, 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 that popularized christmas but gave it a a secular motif are we talking about the man in the red suit? You're getting close, but no. The tree? Christmas tree? Nope. I have no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to today. Stockings. Yeah. These, these two tried, Joni, just like, I'm out. I'm done. Uh, no, I think, yes. I'm pretty sure I'm right. When did it happen? It is. Give us a time frame. Um, it's in your soon-to-be home country. Think. St. Nick? Think um, literature. Are you talking about Twas Night Before Christmas? Um, no, you were you were close. You said yeah. something that almost got as a Twas something. Twelfth Night or Twelfth Night. Twelve days of Christmas. Twelve days of Christmas. No, that song's horrible. A Christmas by the way. Carol. Oh, Charles okay. Dickens, Dickens oh. is accredited with. A completely secular view of Christmas because mm. he wrote this wonderful story, and it is a great story, and everyone has stolen from it at one point or another, myself included. The theme of you know, the ghost of Christmas past, mm -hmm. 
the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Scrooge. All there to convince him not a spiritual truth about Christmas, but of benevolence, Mm -hmm. of fairness, of taking care of the less fortunate, which gave, the argument goes, a secular Christmas, a spiritual core. Mm. Right, because even people who don't go to church, who don't believe in in Christ, or don't believe, you know, in that part, they, um, they'll still be benevolent during that time. Oh, absolutely. Give in fact, I would say churches receive a lot of money from people who aren't Christ followers during that mm-hmm. town period as well. Uh-huh. Because P.O. Box 749, Marble <laughs> Falls, Texas. <laughs> Add a zero. <laughs> the uh, yeah, so that mo- motif I think it's absolutely right. true. Uh, there are there are people who want to be thought of as good people, mm-hmm. yeah. and so they use Christmas as their time to do it. And Dickens gives them a way out, mm-hmm. and so all Christmas, the whole idea of Christmas benevolence kind of stems. It didn't exist mm-hmm. before Christmas Carol, which mm-hmm. gave a validation to that motif. Yeah. Have you ever been to a production of A Christmas Carol at a church where Scrooge gets saved and prays the sinner's prayer? <laughs> I have not. That's, and thank again, goodness I again, have not. That's an over-the-topism. Wow. It is something to behold. It is something to behold. Oh, that's awesome. um, you know, it's everything, but, you know, Scrooge stands up and starts singing, A, admit you're a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really fit the whole. Tiny Tim's God over bless there with us, crutches. everyone. <laughs> with his cane. Uh, so, again, I love A Christmas. I think Dickens wrote a good story. I mean, he, it's a good, good literature. I mean, my soul is powerful. It's not his best thing. What's his best thing? David Copperfield. I adore <laughs> David I Copperfield. Have. Horribly embarrassing story that has nothing to do with Christmas. But as a sophomore in high school, we could do some English project or we could read David Copperfield and take a test, and then that would cover, we wouldn't have to do the other thing. And I thought, I'm sure reading a book about a magician (laughs) (laughs) over taking a test. (laughs) Joke's on you! I had no (laughs) clue. (laughs) That is hilarious. But now you know about Janet, donkeys, right? I didn't read the book. (laughs) You've got to read the book. Confession time. I passed the test. I don't know how, but. You've got to read the book. It is one of the most delightful, fantastical stories you'll ever come across. It's just wonderful. Janet, Donkeys is my favorite. <laughs> they made a movie about three years ago. We saw it in the theaters. It's it's a good good rendering of it because it's just fantastic. I should fantastic. start there because I have, a trouble, I have trouble with fiction, reading and keeping up with names unless I have a, an image mm-hmm. of someone. I struggled to, to read Harry Potter. It took me about four tries until I saw one or two movies and then, then I had, I had some context people. and yeah. I couldn't stop reading after that. Yeah. I don't know what it is in my brain, but when it comes to fiction, okay. I get And when they flip I back get, and forth and back and forth. Yeah, I thought Seamus was pronounced Seamus for the longest time because I can't read. I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're also American. (laughs) I know I just sidetracked How can you spot an American (laughs) traveling internationally? Speak one language. (laughs) 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 That's that's how you can spot us. uh, So, yeah, you got to read David Copperfield. Anyway... I digress. That's I his, digressed. That, that's his best work. In <laughs> I my transgressed. IMHO. Not Great Expectations, but David Copper. Or not even A Tale of Two Cities, although Tale of Two Cities has that great opening line. Mm. I find it's tedious 
when you get down to the fact that it's really not the two cities, it's just Paris, <laughs> uh, and I'm you know, that sort of thing. But, but but David Copperfield, oh my goodness, that's wonderful stuff. Anyway, how, we probably we got one more minute. No, we're at an hour. We're at that's an hour. Well, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, Kelly's going to bring you home. Uh, we'll have I think four more of these before we're all done. So. Uh, do we have movies on there? If we don't, week? I have an idea about that. So we'll talk. I think all so. We can make one of these. We'll yeah. talk. We'll, we'll talk after about that. All right. Bye, guys. See you. Bye. bye. Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.